Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Dynasty as They Want to Be, a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host and husband, Kyler K. Jafari. Hi-ho, party people. Well, right off the top, I want to thank everybody who nominated us for the podcast awards. We're not sure yet if we're up for the... The Emmys, big trophy. Grammys, Oscars, Tonys. Yeah, I want my P got, my E gotty P. <laughs> Is that like a Kegel exercise? <laughs> oh, you don't need to worry about that. It's very, <laughs> it's very tight down there. <laughs> But yeah, so the nominations are our period is closed. So we'll see if we're going to be, you know, up on the big screen when they announce the TV and film category in a, in a week or so. We're going to be rich. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody who makes a podcast at home is rich. Wait, you've been lying to me this whole time? <laughs> yeah. Tell us what we're drinking. We have a gorgeous caramel colored uh, <laughs> concoction in front of us. <laughs> it's my favorite novelty drink it's the japonaise it's uh brandy and orjat and a whole spurting geyser full now you angostura tricked me because we went to singapore at the end of this episode i thought we were gonna have singapore slings no unfortunately there was no more benedictine knocking about in the liquor cabinet today so well, you need to be more. Also, prepared. we need to restock our paper parasols, which you can't have a Singapore sling without that. That's so. true. It's like you're just drinking orange juice. Well, fruit punch, I would say, but sure. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we, we don't know much about this drink. There's not a lot of accepted history. There's just some, I don't know, like all cocktails, just mythology. And there's even like two or three different recipes that are completely different drinks that all go by the same name. So whatever version we're having, I just love it. It's delicious. The Angostura is spicy and the Orjac is that almondy, sugary kind of back note. And, you know, brandy is like sort of this underappreciated ingredient as a base uh, alcohol for a cocktail. Well, it's been fun during quarantine experimenting with like new recipes 
recipes and stuff in the kitchen. I'm like so bored of making the same things that I have. I'm, I'm so out. tired of running the bar and grill full service three meals a day out of our home kitchen. I can't do it anymore. Okay. Well, you're overstating your capabilities because you're not cooking three meals a day with cocktails. No, hell no. I'm definitely not. No more. No mas. <laughs> I'm done. So, but I'm like so bored that I like recreated an olive garden menu. Was that what that was supposed to be? You knew what I wondered why we were eating like chewy, salty breadsticks from the freezer section. (laughs) I know that's wilted salad tomatoes that don't taste like tomatoes. Okay, well, now you're just being a lying. I'm dragging on Olive Garden. Yes, that's that's right. Well, if you quit interrupting me, I was going to say that I can't believe I even did that because I don't like Olive Garden. But for some reason, I'm like, let me try making an Olive Garden salad. You know what the trick to an Olive Garden salad is? That that special dressing that they use? MSG. Close. Mayonnaise. They just put fucking mayonnaise in it. That's the secret. Mayonnaise. What other weird things have I made? That was it. I think that's the only weird thing you've made. Everything else has been basic bitch fare. No, that's not true. I made a pozole. I never made that before. Oh, that was a little wild. Yeah. I went down this whole hominy path where I was like obsessed with hominy for a week. And then th- that just blew over like a fad. Like we'll never have hominy again for the rest of our lives. Yeah. But, no, but for that never. one brief shining moment. Hominy. Hominy, hominy for all. A hominy extravaganza. Well, I made Mexican fried ice cream, which isn't actually something that's Mexican. So that's just racist, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, You're canceled. I'm canceled. We're all canceled. Well, you've been obsessed with making pies, banana cream pie. Yeah. Meanwhile, back on planet Earth, I'm just, I'm just making normal things. Banana shepherd's cream pie, pie. Shepherd's pie, which ironically is not a dessert. Well, you also made a chicken pot pie. Oh, my God. What is my obsession with pie? I'm here for it. I'm not complaining. Speaking of pie, we have a lot of female empowerment in this week's episode. <laughs> Should we get into it? Pie like pussy in excess? Is, is that how you get to female power? I don't know. What do you mean? The power is in the pussy. Today's installment of Dynasty as They Want to Be is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our darlings a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash nastypodcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y podcast to browse their unrivaled selection of audio programs. Kyler, are you listening to anything on Audible? Not a damn thing. Well, you should be. They have everything. They have books from Jackie Collins and Diane Carroll and Billy D. Williams. All of my favorite non-author authors. <laughs> They're celebrity authors, but they have like classics on there too. You should check it out. To get started, Kyler, all you got to do, and everybody listening, this isn't just for Kyler, go to audibletrial.com slash nasty podcast or text nasty podcast to 500 500. Welcome back. Oh my gosh, this little tramp Samantha has got a whole plan concocted to sell a baby. Yeah, well, it turns out the Carringtons are engaged in a high-level, low-key baby-selling ring. <laughs> I didn't realize, but this a- this episode is so completely trashy, and I love it. And 
the season's already been warming up the whole time and here we finally have the baby selling it's it's like what what could be a trashier thing i i I, let's name things trashier than that or let's not let's just talk about the episode but yeah i mean it gets into sort of a mari povich territory here because she's trying to sell the baby and then they're going to adopt the baby and but i like how it's all like implicit like they don't really say it that way and that's why i love like making a big deal out of subtext and what do you mean they literally are writing checks to either keep the baby oh but but blake's like oh but let's be clear this check isn't for your baby this check is for you to go away but you can leave the baby if you'd like to well now i know we're always bitching about blake on this podcast but i loved how he turned this the fuck around on sammy joe dean by saying well i'm gonna give you a million dollars to keep the baby well this is kind of blake's only purpose on this show is to like kind of bring everybody into line because things get a little wackadoo at some point many points in this show and he kind of has that that magic power that's that's like his one good thing that he does what's important is me i have one life and one body and i want to use it for me all right crystal and i'll take care of your child but we will not buy him from you and i guarantee you we will not let anyone else buy him from you either. But everything else he does is rotten, and I think he's a bad person, so... What's wackadoo is a couple of things. Apparently, breakfast service at the Carrington Mansion is now buffet-style. and It's on- been buffet-style. Have you not b- been watching this show since season, uh, episode one? Excuse me, they were served grapefruits. It was brought a la carte to the table. No, now- gra- grapefruit is always a brought-to-table item. Like that's never just hanging out on the buffet at the at Casa de Carrington. Well, anyway, what's crazy to me is that Sammy Jodine, and I'm not calling her Samantha anymore, after she takes two big ass breakfast sausages and slides them into a croissant. And request a side of bacon with it i mean you gotta you gotta admit the directing is very nuanced in how they paint the you know her low class leanings versus crystal and the carringtons and how fancy they are well she's wearing that amazing aerobics fitness craze so i guess she just needs that protein in the morning it's so memphis (laughs) that that pastel chevron design yeah and she's from memphis so it all tracks Now, I know you don't care about the baby, but I guess that it's sort of confirmed that this really Excuse is... Excuse me, how does this turn into me not caring about the baby? It's clear that this shiksa does not care about her own baby. Oh, it's crazy. I have never seen a woman care less about their baby depicted on television. This is like teen mom prequel here. Yeah, Trampy Joe's baby like doesn't mean anything to her like other than as a pawn for business transactions. She's made so much money off this baby already, and like we're only like one ep- one episode into it, and she's got multiple offers because eventually Alexis kind of gets involved, which I I didn't well, think seller's market apparently. I, you know, I I do like that Sammy tries her hand at some of the Carrington guile with like, oh, you have nothing to offer me, Alexis, like unless you're going to eat your heart out, you know, but like, do we really believe that? I mean, Sammy would take a check for a million bucks from, from Alexis. I, I, I just don't find that believable. Yeah. It is a little bit of a leap of faith because I would think that Sammy Joe hates Blake and Alexis equally, but 
that she really does give it to Alexis, like makes her name her price. And then she's like, I don't care what you're offering me. I wouldn't take it because I'd rather torture you. I mean, maybe Sammy Joe's just kind of trying to preserve some sort of alliance with uh, the Carrington money. It's a more stable buyer, I think, than Alexis. Yeah. You're not yeah, really she sure. knows Alexis might write a check and might not and won't be around later. So and maybe that's what it is. But that's what I love about this. This like what's going on here is the show is like finally given up on any sense of reality. Everybody's living on like some other planet. The dynamics don't really make any sense in today's world or in that world from that time. I, you know, like there, there's just no sense to be made of any of this. So it's just kind of like get on the train and go to crazy town. You just want him to keep him away from Crystal. Now listen to me, you little tramp. I really wish I had time to jerk you around, Alexis. I'd love to let you throw money at me, trying to outbid Mr. Carrington for Danny. I said I would better his offer. Didn't you hear me? Yes, I did. So start bettering. And I think maybe there is a little part of Sammy Joe that's redeemable because she does recognize that her aunt lost the baby. I mean, in Crystal's blood, these Carringtons and Colbys and all these other MFers, they're not actually her family, but Crystal Crystal is. So I think she does kind of have a little bit of a Ooh, soft spot. You know, like in the beginning, when I first saw that scene, I kind of thought, oh, deep down, you know, she's just the poor little misunderstood trampy Joe that the touch of sunlight would bring to bloom and maybe she does have a heart after all she wants crystal to have a baby and she feels bad but i don't actually buy that i think i think this is like sammy joe trying to ply her trade trying she's like trying out being you know guileful and and strategic but i don't i don't think that she really is here i think the most important thing to her is like having a lot of subscribers to her instagram a huge follow following, getting a brand deal, making sure those tits look nice and tight and right. Like she just cares about being a model, I think, and being famous. Even if it's just Instagram famous. Yeah. Or whatever the 1983 equivalent of that would be, I guess the cover of Tiger Bee, Young Miss. The other delusional person in this episode, uh, Jeff Colby is still having these fever dreams. Well, they're sort of like Rosemary's baby demon erotic dreams or i don't know what these things are that he's like <laughs> yeah it sounds like he's dreaming about choking fallon it's, or something it's like wet dreams with like very evil things involved i don't know and like it the episode starts out with him sort of uh writhing around in bed yeah and then he like leaves he exits the room and traipses through the hallway shirtless like the piece of cheesecake that i guess he's supposed to be but yeah he's gone like full himbo because he's a total bot at the this point i i'm i'm feeling really bad for john james being stuck with like what are you supposed to do with this you've been getting given nothing to work with and you're supposed to look more exciting than wallpaper glue (laughs) or teal paint or teal paint sure all of these things can be injected with mind-altering the one thing we did learn is that when you mix scotch with teal paint your ex-wife starts to fade in and out so I guess and like reenact a- her own spousal rape. Like what was that bizarre d- delusion? I-, I don't know. I would say there's a lot, but there's actually not. There's like really nothing going on with Jeff right now. There's it's- been nothing going on except for this stupid ass poisonous paint. He's just this um, object to be used in a game of 
poison paint. It's ex- it's as exciting as it sounds, which is to say not at all. Yeah. Especially at this point. We've had how many episodes of this? Like, like, can we just get this over with already? Well, at least we have Alexis to save the day. I think she's done grieving Steven and she's ready to get back into business with Colby Co. She's going around to everybody at the company, Adam, Gerard, the lawyer guy, and saying that she wants to see all the financials, all the reports, everything Colby Co.'s got going on. So I guess that's a good good sign that she's sort of getting over the death of her uh, whatever sexual son oh no i i think this is alexis and like one of her classic moments and why we and everybody love this character she's exercising her power in ways that alexis does specifically but more importantly i think she realizes or it's at least in the back of her mind that adam's been kind of running his own show while she's been out in mourning and now she wants to see the receipts she wants to know what her people have been up to lately while she's not been steering the ship that's sort of like a a fun sort of idea she even says like why are all All the power players and oil men Mm -hmm. yeah and meanwhile she's having afternoon delight mark is her total sex object She's reenacting the bitch. I mean, this is like, again, this just goes back to like, you know, the the, uh, the pedigree of Alexis really kind of comes from the movie The Bitch, where, you know, she's this wealthy elite woman who's exercising a d- a female power. owner. And yes, and, and I love that like she goes into his uh his sort of i don't know i don't know what that is his swinger pad and there's like the disco music playing while he's in the shower and like this is like an aphrodisiac for alexis when she hears disco playing in your swinger pad like she is gonna chain the door and take you to bed yeah that's how it works no i mean she wanted to get some pleasure in the afternoon and by god she was gonna get it and skyrockets in flight mark jennings was more than happy to oblige but can we talk about that swinger pad set they had to construct a bathroom this is not a normal hotel room <laughs> well no of course not it's the tennis instructor's room so i'm sure it's like sweet oh level <laughs> is the tennis instructor like you know the stud in a stable of horses or something basically <laughs> you know how they have like presidential suite like 19 rungs down they have the tennis instructor. the owner of the hotel needs you know young viral male to you know, screw in the afternoons. So That's like why half of the people are staying <laughs> at La Mirage. But they had to construct this bathroom set for the sole purpose of Jeffrey Scott pretending to get out of the shower, put a towel around, rip the towel off in a rather dramatic shot, and then put his big fluffy robe on, only to have that removed by Alexis when she wants what she wants well i i love that moment because he says something about being in the mood and then she looks down but you only see it from the camera's perspective but she's clearly looking at his crotch and to say you're in the mood and she's looking at his crotch like that could only mean one thing oh yeah it was spice he got a hard on (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't gonna say that jeez well, they were doing everything but saying it, so I feel like I had to say it. Oh, Sorry. no, they were saying a lot. I'm surprised at how far that that scene went. I'm never in the mood for music at this time of the day. No, no. Why should I? Even though I'm always in the mood for music. How long have you been here, Alexis? Oh, I just arrived. You really should keep your door locked, you know, if you don't want unexpected guests popping in. Well, consider you've got an open invitation. Barge in any time. 
This it's guy, so salacious. I mean, I, well, I guess this was nighttime TV, so maybe this was allowed. I don't know. But Mark Jennings must know how to fuck because she <laughs> did him the day before and went and got a watch for him and went back for seconds the next afternoon. Yeah, she was ready for another ride on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're into Tom Selleck types, he's really got it going on. Yeah, he's your best poor man's Tom Selleck going. But I like the fact that their relationship seems centered around sex. It doesn't seem like feelings are getting involved here. And I think that's, you know, very modern. Well, and it's, I applaud it's that. It's interesting because there is a little bit of like sex for baby making versus sex for pleasure. She even says to Gerald like that he would be the eunuch of her harem, which is interesting because she's like, role reversing the whole idea of what a harem is but well and she's also cutting them down to size because she's the owner of the company but but she's also sort of you know defertilizing gerald you know and it's this idea that she's in control and she uses sex for pleasure not for making the babies and then meanwhile you've got the whole baby selling ring going on at the carrington mansion you know cut to nursery where crystal and blake are making out in front of the baby child i, I don't know that that seems like inappropriate to me but maybe Maybe this like people like who screw with the dog in the room. I don't know. <laughs> That's what turns Blake on is this idea of <clears throat> dynasty. He's like so excited to see these two young little scions that are drooling all over themselves. The longer I look at him, the more of Stephen I think I see in him. And I'm, I'm feeling things that I didn't know I could feel anymore. Darling, you don't ever have to hide your feelings from me. Don't expect me to give up all my defenses without a struggle, you know. No, that would be asking for too much. But yeah, it's nice to see Alexis like back in power, feeling like herself. You know, she spent the past few episodes trying to find her her son and going through the grieving process. So it's nice to see her back where she belongs, being sassy and sexy what's not nice to see is adam carrington once again pursuing kirby and her saying no multiple times this time luckily they're clothed and her dad is around the corner but like take the fucking hint dude just because i gave in to you once does not mean it's going to happen again oh don't give me that kirby you wanted me that night as much as i wanted you i didn't I don't. Obviously, this is encouraging the typical male behavior of the time, though, which was, yeah, I get the hint, but I don't care. I'm just going to do it anyway. It's disgusting. You're going to like it more because, which is super disgusting. Also, she's like doing this like weird research librarian routine, but then like he's doing like the sex predator thing. I don't know. There's a lot of like super cringe in this whole dynamic that is highly unenjoyable the one good thing if you can say that that comes out of this is i do like the conversation that she has with her father where she explains like she grew up thinking that she was equal to these people which you would think yeah sure that makes sense children don't know about class and stature those are all concepts like created by you know power money hungry adults but now she wants better to just be a major domo or a maid or a nanny she wants to be somebody's wife so 
I kind of gained some respect for her in this. You know, of course she's a victim, but I think she has bigger goals, which is kind of nice to see in a female character. Again, Alexis, Sammy Joe, they're like making moves and trying to like build their own futures. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's part of like the appeal of dynasty as an entire universe is what they do with the you know the female characters uh and they each kind of have their you know pitfalls Mm -hmm. but in the end it's kind of a it's it's a valuable lens for the time especially but I, i think my biggest problem with kirby though is this incessant need to refer to oh i don't know do you remember that waiter from Paris? Jean-Paul. Jean-Luc. I know it's Jean-Luc, but it's like, can we just give this up? I, I'm sorry. I know that she's supposed to be so cosmopolitan and, you know, went to school at the Sorbonne and, yeah, and all of and these things. But fucking a married guy who taught her about fine foods and wines and fashions. Yeah. So, she, I mean, in this way, she is this, this avatar of uh, the social climber in the 1980s. Look, you know? would you rather have Lindsay Blaisdell or Kirby Anders? Oof. That's that's like a Sophie's yeah, choice. That's a royal rumble. I'm not sure. <laughs> and then the episode sort of ends in Singapore, as I alluded to earlier. And lo and behold, Stephen Carrington is alive. Well, it's so interesting that Blake was on this just like plow forth, like hammer, hammer. Like, he knew. He knew. You know, but then this episode it's always everybody like, oh, moved yeah, on he's dead yeah he, or hasn't even thought about it right well they call kind of pivoted when the baby when danny made his appearance they were like oh okay so steven just which is revealing on. because don't you think in the end for blake at least that's the only reason he really cared was i just need somebody to make a baby for me yeah for my baby selling ring mm-hmm. yeah for his dynasty fulfillment so yeah, Jack Coleman's sitting there with his face all wrapped up. And we get James Hong, legend James mm-hmm. Hong, as the plastic surgeon. I did not, I knew Stephen was alive. That's not a surprise to me, even though I haven't uh, watched all of the episodes of Dynasty before. I knew Jack Coleman would Well, be this isn't our first soap in. opera. I mean, yeah, you that know too. these things happen. But I did not know James Hong, who basically, uh, he's a, a Chinese-American actor who's been in like everything and played doctors and politicians and uh he's still with us too he's in his 90s did you know that i i didn't know i was busy going down the rabbit hole of alf kellen or kajellen i you know i i know my romance language is swedish i I really don't know how to pronounce any of those names but he apparently was uh uh, the director well he was the director of this episode and i think he only directed four or five episodes of this show but he was apparently like in as an actor uh 50s and 60s movies both hollywood and swedish i guess well he was also in that sitcom uh he played the titular role i think a little alien uh, oh alien life form Mm mm-hmm Alf, right? I, I don't really remember anything about Alf except I was obsessed with Mrs. Akmana. Who was obsessed with Alf? Yum. So I don't know. It's all very meta. What was Alf's uh, catchphrase? Um, blow me. <laughs> Snap out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. I don't I don't know. What was what was Alf's catchphrase? I don't know. I think he liked to eat cats. I just know he liked to eat cats.
Now it's part of the episode where Kyle and I pick our looks of the week. There was there was some choices here. I mean, even the babies had some cute outfits. Danny had that little onesie with balloons that I thought was actually really chic. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just gonna go right for the obvious, which is Joan Collins doing Joan Crawford. It's classic 1940s, you know, architectural shoulders and the Art Deco stylized lapel, black and white, and it's black and white. And you know when Alexis is in black and white mode that she's here to do business. Business, yeah. That's the outfit that she wears to go to talk to Blake about what they're gonna do about Sammy Joe and the baby. And Blake already kind of figured it out, but. <laughs> she's figured out one of i think this is a, probably in a top 30 list of uh, outfits yeah i don't know if it makes the top top but it's it's pretty quintessential in mm. a lot of ways i mean you have the the peaked pillbox hat um and she's in that that hairdo that kind of comes and goes for the first couple of seasons that i don't love love but it looks good with the hat so that's fine and she's got her, you know, fuchsia lipstick and lilac eyeshadow. Yeah, I uh, thought the makeup was the a, whole lo- thing's a, look, a bit much, you know? but it kind of went with it considering that everything else she was black wearing was white. black and white yeah. and very angular. I feel like somebody in the 30s or 40s like wouldn't wear this exact thing, but it was sort of like through this prism mm-hmm. of fashion, like almost something you'd see Madonna wear in Dick Tracy or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or like the the wealthy heiress in Blade Runner. She's kind of also famously known that costume. It's very 40s through a lens, you know, but yeah. anyway. Yeah, that was my look of the week too. It just, I, I thought Crystal had like a cool uh, white, once again wearing white. That was that gold detail around the neck was really cool. Yeah, I, li- I liked that detail too. And I don't know what that was. It was sort of some embroidery that was, I don't know, was it fans, shells? I don't know what it was, but it was an interesting multi-layered collar thing going on. It was kind of like eight collars in one. Yeah, serving collar realness. (laughs) The category is collars. I guess Hello, collars. (laughs) (laughs) First time caller, long time listener. I think my my runner-up, and I don't want to gab too long because I know you hate runners-up, but I I really liked um, Crystal's afternoon day-drinking look in the conservatory, which I guess this room's now been identified as a conservatory, which that was a It was Alexis with the cigarette in the conservatory. Yeah, yeah. But no, uh, Crystal has this like crazy sort of chevron uh, with lyrics, metallic thread through it. I don't know if it's like a calf. T- I don't know. What would you call that? Just a sort of capey, drapey, caftany thing over a... A robe that know. people won't judge you to wear. But anyway, yeah, while you're drinking sherry at 3.30 in the p.m. in the conservatory. But yeah, so some interesting looks, and there was a lot of sort of not great looks, but... Well, I think we definitely need to point out that at one point, Sammy Joe Carrington <laughs> is basically dressed like either a po folks waitress it's very little house on the prairie <laughs> yeah or like one of the people that puts you on the train at big thunder mountain at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah it wasn't country chic it was country shit <laughs> there you go big old cow pie yeah it was definitely a down home nightmare she should have left that outfit back in tennessee it looked like heather logler had just come from like filming a western on the other side of the warner brothers lot and had to shoot these two scenes and they're like eh, it's fine it looks good we'll yeah. just fluff her hair up linda evans looked at that with sympathy though <laughs> oh god yeah nah 
Well, Kyler, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Dynasty As They Want to Be. You know, every time I do this, I just want to keep doing it. If you want to keep listening and supporting us, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nasty podcast. I've actually been a very good boy and have been updating all of the ad free episodes. So you can go on there. You don't have to listen to us talk about any advertisements. You can just absorb it all. Members of our Patreon get to tell us what to do. Get to pull our marionette strings. Also, be sure to follow us on social media in between episodes. We're at Nasty Podcast on all social media platforms. Instagram, Twitter. I've been having lots of fun. I'm cracking up. On Pinterest? We are on Pinterest. And <laughs> I ha- I've only posted there once, I think. But, you know, I don't want anybody else snatching up our name, Nasty Podcast. I mean, that's such a marketable name. That's that's money right there. It's actually probably bad, right? People are like, ew, Nasty Podcast, unsubscribe, I I, I dislike. Think pe- I think people want to be nasty, and I think that's intriguing. Oh, okay. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.